Well, Noelle Osoup was only 13 years old when she disappeared from the care of the Ministry of Children and Family Development. Her body was found dead a year after. The ministry is supposed to be able to protect kids under its care. But what is happening? What needs to be changed in the foster care system? Adrian Montani is the executive director of First Call Child and Youth Advocacy Society. Good morning, Adrian. Good morning, Maggie. So, Adrian, I know you can't comment on the OSOUP case, so we can speak more generally. Uh, foster care systems are, I feel, under a critical eye, not just in BC, but you hear stories from everywhere of how they don't work to meet children's needs. Why is that? Well, I think it's because they're largely under-resourced, underfunded, uh, and so social workers here and many other places, I can't, I know BC better than other jurisdictions, but it's a very hard job to be, a so, especially a child protection social worker, intervene in family situations of crisis or where parents are either uh, have accidents or unable to care for their kids for other reasons like addictions. Very hard job, and it's hard to the the system struggles to retain people, to recruit people to do this work, and to retain them. And then those who work in the system are what what we hear from uh, social workers, from youth and children themselves, and from foster parents is that they don't have time. Their caseloads are too big. They don't have time to develop the relationships and provide the personal support that would be essential to be able to do their jobs well. So are you saying that the social workers in BC, because they do not have enough time, they're not able to assess the families and the children clients well enough? Uh, It's not just assessment, but yeah, yeah, once they're in the system, by developing a a steady relationship where they're in touch with the the children they're in charge of or the youth they're in charge of, uh, do planning for their future, help them connect with, if they're Indigenous, as many are, uh, connect with their cultural communities to find uh, supports uh, in their extended family. Uh, lots of re- lots of things that do, uh, do take time, but particularly what we hear from a lot of young people is, my social worker never had time to really connect with me, or, they, or the social worker changed so many times, I never know who I was supposed to call, or they didn't return my calls in, in a timely way. So it really that, that's really one of the fundamental challenges that the the ministry faces is that it, it's uh, social workers have caseloads that are too big to let them do their job in a way that's labor labor intensive relationship intensive. Yeah, relationship intensive work takes up so much time for sure. But you also mentioned it's very hard work. I um, full disclosure worked with when I was doing my undergraduate degree in the summer. I did a government program that matched me to a program that helped children who were in uh, foster care and group homes and that kind of thing help them during the day to keep busy with other activities. And I. I still don't know. I don't have the answers about what kind of supports are needed for these kids that uh, who are cycling through foster care and yeah. they need so much more than a home. They need a lot more than a roof over their head and food. They have psychological trauma. I can't imagine how much uh, of a relationship one would need with one social worker to work through all of that too. Exactly. And yes, and I think sometimes the group home system ends up being the default because we can't, it's uh difficult to recruit foster parents, you know, so more of a home-like setting for people, and especially for young people who are traumatized and maybe acting out or withdrawn or you know, uh, exhibiting great signs of distress. I would like to add that you know, the system, uh, what, what, which, what we aim to 
to deliver uh, from a, a public system of foster care or, ch- or child welfare is to try and give children what they need as they would if they were in a, a healthy family, that kind of support. And that's really hard to do in a you know, public system like this. Uh, and so the other thing we also need to be doing is looking upstream. Why are, why are children coming into care? What kinds of support? Why are they arriving in care so traumatized? What's going on in their families and how are we supporting families so that they can be healthy and take care of their, their children? And that means looking at things like parents' mental health, addictions, uh, and another big issue is poverty. Uh, that's a huge stress and sometimes children come into care because Uh, They're seen as neglected by their families, but sometimes the root issue is actually food insecurity and poverty or housing inadequacy. A lot of people who criticize the foster care system in BC say that the system of running a group home or fostering a child attracts the wrong kind of people to the work. What do you think about that? I would say that's probably the exception. I mean, that could happen in any profession. It can happen in the medical profession and teaching in all kinds of professions. You can attract the wrong kind of people who might be predators or or want to exploit children. But I would, uh, in my experience and uh, over many years, it's mostly people who really want to make a difference. Uh, they That's why they go into this. They think they can help. Uh, actually, a lot of former youth in care go on to take social work degrees because they think I can bring this experience to the next generation. Wow, that's so interesting. Yeah. Wow. And uh, when you see a child, for example, let's talk about a good example. When you see someone move through the system and kind of get over their trauma and go on to live by themselves as an adult, um, what is usually the contributing factor that made that happen? Oh, it's really connection and, and helping them feel like they belong somewhere and that people care about them, things we all need, right? So stability, not having them move through. Uh, if, they, if they move too many times in the system, that's really detrimental to their sense of belonging and, and that, they, that people care about them or they can develop friendships and long-term relationships with caring adults. So stability, uh, and that can mean staying in the same school, uh, the same neighborhood, maintaining connections as much as possible with biological family or other people in their communities. Again, if they're from a First Nation or a Métis community, uh, maintaining those cultural connections and other people who would, would mentor them or support them. Really human connection. You mentioned that uh, the system requires more social workers in order to be able to do a better job and that it's under-resourced in that way. Uh, Has that been made um, a point, a specific point to the government? And do you see any change happening there? I think they're very aware of it. I think, uh, you know, we as as a society hold some responsibility to make sure that that ministry gets the money it needs. It's got a minister who I presume advocates for her budget to, to be sufficient, uh, but it, should, it needs to be more than one voice. Uh, it should be a cross-government priority to give these kids the support they need. Uh, so, but, and, so I, and I know they struggle with recruitment, especially in the north of the province, but really throughout and so that leads to the higher caseloads or, you know, nobody to fill in on a vacation. When somebody goes on vacation and there's nobody covering the files, all kinds of things like that. that so that the system just doesn't have enough people in it. Yeah. And, and I know they're aware of that and they, they try incentives for certain, you know, uh, but I think that that's uh, where they need, really need to keep looking is how to recruit and retain people so that they stay in those jobs. 
And occasionally we do hear of family members, not immediate family members, but uncles, aunts, cousins who want to get involved and and get a child that they're related to back into the family unit somehow. And we hear about challenges around that. Uh, What happens in order to facilitate that and what is missed when that doesn't happen? Because you mentioned that familial connection is so important. Yes. Well, that can be, um, again, some of that's related to social workers not having the time. Sometimes it's not having the expertise. And so there are training issues as well. Uh, how, to, how do you do family finding or uh, reach out uh, to cultural communities, indigenous communities, immigrant uh, cultural communities, so that uh, kids can make connections or sustain family connections? So that's, again, a, a resource issue. I think there's some lack of, um, there has been in the system, uh, it's like crisis mode. I'm always attending to the next crisis, the next crisis call, and not having the time to do that other kind of work, which is, building supports for young people once they're in the system. Adrian, thanks so much for sharing all of this with us this morning. Oh, you're very welcome. It's an important issue. Thank you for paying attention to it.